Our story commences in a dark, snake-filled dungeon in the Anglo-Saxon kingdom of Northumbria. Shouting can be heard from a hole up above as King Ayla and his men stare down in wonder. There, at the bottom of the pit, is an anonymous warrior, clad only in shaggy fur-covered trousers, surrounded by venomous snakes. Though the snakes slithered across the man's body, striking deadly blows, their bites were all repelled by the man's unusual pants. King Ayla did not know his name, only that he was the leader of a band of Norse raiders who had attacked his lands. Ayla had feared him to be Ragnar, the famed king of Sweden and Denmark. This Ragnar had a legion of sons and loyal men, and his accidental death might cause them to seek revenge. But, seeing as the warrior refused to give his name, Ayla threw him into the snake pit. Perplexed by the man's invulnerability, but not dissuaded, Ayla had his men remove the trousers and throw the man back into the pit plumb naked, whereupon the deadly adders did their work. As the man lay dying, he uttered only these mysterious words. The young pigs would now squeal if they knew what the old boar suffered. Unfortunately for Ayla and his entire kingdom, they were now responsible for the death of the legendary Ragnar Harry Britches. Ragnar Lodbrok, Lodbrok literally means hairy bridges or trousers and is sometimes pronounced Lothbrok, emerges from Norse legend and history as a ubiquitous, ever-present hero tied by various stories to the thrones of Norway, Denmark, and Sweden, while also standing as the father of a host of infamous Vikings. In many ways, he is viewed as a kind of mythical father to the Vikings who set about raiding most of the Western world during the Viking Age. Ragnar was a regular character in various Norse oral legends and was written about by later medieval historians. Today, he has regained popularity in various adaptations of Viking stories. There is no single version of his life, and it is unclear if he was vaguely based off of a real person or if he is completely the stuff of legend. Many historians believe that his name was at least originally tied to a real king or Viking leader, though most of the stories about him come from Icelandic sagas meant to create an epic founding story for noble families. Ragnar was supposed to have lived in the Norse heroic age, the time before Christianity or written history came to Scandinavia, just before some Norse people began sailing out in search of plunder as Vikings. Ragnar was purported to be the son of Sigurd Ring, who had become king of Denmark and Sweden after overthrowing his uncle, Harald Wartooth, at the epic battle of Bravelier, in which it was said that Odin himself intervened. Upon Ring's death, Ragnar too would become king of Sweden and Denmark, making him the most powerful man in Scandinavia. It would also put him in a position to go on epic adventures. A consistent theme in Ragnar's life was his pursuit of fame and women. Upon learning of Thora, the beautiful wife of a Swedish Jarl, Ragnar set his intentions upon marrying her. The trouble was that her father had set a giant serpent around her cabin to guard her. If a man could defeat the serpent, he would win Thora's hand. So, Ragnar donned a pair of shaggy, hairy trousers, from whence hails the name Lodbrok, and fought the beast. The pants supposedly protected him from the spitting poison of the creature, and he was successful in killing it, thus winning Thora. With her, he had two sons, though she later died. 
In another legend, Ragnar, newly single, discovers the beautiful daughter of two Swedish peasants who was named Kraka. Naturally, Ragnar resolved to marry her. Kraka, however, was really Aslog, the orphan daughter of Sigurd Fafnisbane and Brunhild. Sigurd was famous for slaying the dragon Fafnir before his own murder, while Brunhild had been a Valkyrie and committed suicide upon learning of her husband's death. The orphan girl had been concealed in a giant harp by her foster father and eventually put into the care of the peasant family only to mature into the most beautiful woman in the land. Predictably, Ragnar had many sons through Aslog as well. With these deeds done, Ragnar was now the most prominent man in the land, and his sons, heirs to the Danish and Swedish thrones, were also linked to the prestige of the mythical Sigurd and Brunhild. His sons were legion. Ivar the Boneless, Sigurd Snake in the Eye, Bjorn Ironside, Halfdan Ragnarsson, Ubba, Hvitzirk, Eric Weatherhat, and more besides. Where the story grows interesting, however, is that the bulk of the men listed as his sons were real historical persons, and at least some of them were verifiable brothers, such as Ivar and Halfdan. Others, such as Ubba, however, were most likely not related to these two men in reality. The story grows more interesting as events proceed closer to recorded history. Ragnar, according to the tale of the Sons of Ragnar, an Icelandic saga, grew concerned that the deeds of his many sons were beginning to overshadow himself. As such, he was determined to conquer and invade all of England with the assistance of only two Nars, bulky and awkward Norse cargo boats. He landed in England, which was ruled by one king, Ela. Ela, fearing the vengeance of Ragnar's sons if Ragnar was to be killed, but also uncertain if the invader was in fact Ragnar, ordered his men to do no harm to the Viking leader, only killing his men. Ragnar had badly miscalculated Ela's forces, and his followers were cut down in a great battle. Ela's men surrounded Ragnar and piled on top of him with their shields, restraining and capturing him. Ela interrogated Ragnar to learn his identity to no avail. As we have seen, this led to Ragnar's death at the bottom of the snake pit. But, with his final cryptic words, Ragnar revealed his identity. Ela feared that this meant he would soon suffer the wrath of Ragnar's many children. Accordingly, Ela sent a messenger to the sons of Ragnar in Denmark. As the messenger told them the news, all of the sons reacted in superlative displays of anger. Bjorn shattered his spear by clenching his fist around it. Sigurd, who had been trimming his nails with a knife, cut deep to the bone without flinching. All were in a furor except for Ivar. When the brothers proposed killing the messenger, Ivar stayed their hands, instructing the messenger to return in peace. It was no use, Ivar observed, to go and kill innocent men. Ragnar had courted such disaster, and there was nothing to be done except perhaps to seek financial compensation. The other brothers were disgusted at Ivar's cowardice, but, owing to Ivar's clout with the people of Denmark, his refusal to fight was decisive. The messenger returned to Ayla and told him of the brothers' reactions, which confirmed in Ayla the belief that there was little to fear if Ivar would stay out of the fight. Nevertheless, the other brothers launched an invasion of England, but, lacking Ivar's support, were easily thrown back out of by the powerful Ayla. Seeing this defeat, Ivar resolved to go to Ayla's court and seek compensation. 
Ivar arrived in peace, complimenting Ayla on his military strength, asserting that he himself could never hope to defeat the King of England. Instead, he sought modest compensation. Ivar asked for as much land as he could cover with an ox's hide. Ayla, perplexed, accepted the terms and said that Ivar could use the biggest hide he could find. Ivar, the crafty man, found a large, old ox hide, stretched it, and then had it cut into the finest strips possible before tying these into an enormous rope. He had this rope stretched around a large field, large enough for a mighty city. In this land, now Ivar's, he had a great new settlement built, named London. With time, Ivar became King Ayla's trusted counselor, and became quite popular as a just administrator in the land. Secretly, however, he bid his brothers send him gold and silver, with which he brought over the king's finest soldiers to his employ. With this done, he encouraged his brothers to attack King Ayla again with all their might. Simultaneously, he told Ayla that he had been powerless to stop his brothers' wrath, but that the king had little to fear and should counterattack. Ivar would honor his agreement and remain neutral. The king's army, however, had been greatly reduced thanks to Ivar's poaching and the sons of Ragnar beat Ayla in battle, capturing him. Upon Ivar's advice, a woodcarver was brought in to perform the infamous Blood Eagle. The back of Ayla's ribcage was sliced open, and the lungs pulled out to fan across his back like a monstrous red eagle. According to legend, Ivar went on to be the king of England until his dying day, whereupon he ordered his body buried near where most Viking raids occurred, declaring that anyone who landed there would fail in battle. Harold Hardrada, who would invade England with a Viking army in 1066, landed there and was defeated at Stamford Bridge by King Harold Godwinson. But the tale went, when William the Bastard landed at the same year, he unearthed Ivar's body and burned it on a funeral pyre, breaking the curse. William went on to defeat Harold at Hastings and became King William the Conqueror. It is a timeless tale, but it is clearly a creative work rather than a strictly historical one. Neither Ayla nor Ivar were ever king of England, and Ivar certainly never founded the city of London. But there is some truth to the story as well. The legendary sons of Ragnar did invade England, at least in a sense. Though the true events of the great heathen army, as it was then called, involves less whimsy and fancy, it is a story of legendary figures and the fates of kingdoms all the same. If you've enjoyed this story and would like to hear more about the Vikings, their legends, and their deeds, be sure to check out the full story on The Inglenook, a podcast about some of history's greatest stories. The show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. Until next time, have a good one.